Hello and welcome to the podcast on Broadwater Parish in Worthing, a thriving Anglican church based in the parish of Broadwater, West Sussex in Worthing. We are one church across three sites and Christians have worshipped for over a thousand years at our church at St Mary's. This podcast features sermons from our services and interviews and other episodes and you can find out more by going to broadwaterparish.org.uk. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy this most recent episode of the podcast. The reading this morning is Matthew chapter 16 starting at verse 21. Jesus predicts his death. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, you are amazing. We love you. Father, you have given us um, a wonderful reading today on the out. Just looking at it, Father, looks kind of heavy, but... Your word is light. Your word is uh, like honey on our lips, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing here in this church, what you've already done with young Florence. And Father, we pray now that your word will be exposed to us, will be planted in us and watered by your Holy Spirit and used to bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, folks, I, as I was reading that, uh, thank you for the, the reading. As it was coming up, I thought, hey, do you realize that um, Jesus, uh, well, the, the writer, it's, it's Matthew, he says, um, he says that uh, Jesus says that um, he's going to suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law. Those are the very guys, the very guys that should have been the ones that said, there he is, the one we've been waiting for. There's Jesus. Gosh, can you imagine Pep Guardiola sat in the front bench, and next to him is Sean Dyke, and next to him is Ten Hag, whatever we call him. I'm not very good with Man United folks. But the, imagine, folks, the best coaches in the world, in my opinion, sat at the front here. 
And right in front of them is little Florence. And she's done 30 keepy-ups on the left leg, 30 keepy-ups on the, on the right. She's kept the ball in the air. She flicked it on both shoulders. She's done a backward flip, and she's still going bop, bop, bop. And they say, would you mind sitting down, Florence? You're here for your baptism. And they miss it. Right in front of them, they miss it. These guys missed it. They missed Jesus. Wasn't what they were expecting for a minute. Now, you, you know Jesus. He says, he says, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be killed by these folks. I'm going to suffer. Wow, you, you probably know the story of the suffering of Jesus. And um, just to say that martyrdom... This is not martyrdom, by the way. Martyrdom is the act of choosing death rather than renouncing one's religious beliefs. Okay? So, martyrdom is clearly a consequence of that conviction. But Jesus wasn't martyrdom. Jesus was a purpose. He came to die. That's the reason for him coming into history. At that point, he came to die. His ministry was spread over three years. His life over 33 years, but his ministry, the time set aside, was three years. And in those three years, he took all that time to try and train the disciples. Have you ever tried training disciples? Of course you haven't. But Jesus takes three years to train them and to convince them of who he is. Now, he asked them at one particular time, who do people say I am? This is not about vanity. They're just saying, have they tweaked who I am? Who do they see who I am? And, and some say, well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Moses. Some say, some say this, some say that. And Peter says, you are the Son of God. Wow. Yeah. What a revelation for Peter. He got it right. He got it right. And That's who I am, says Jesus. That's who I am. The Son of God, a.k.a. the Messiah. But what did they understand? What did they understand the Son of God was going to do, the Messiah was going to do? Well, the popular belief was he was going to come and take the Israel nation and take it out of the tyranny, overthrow the Roman nation, overthrow the Roman tyranny that was planted upon them at the time. He was going to sort that out. He was going to do many things. He was going to come as a high priest, a priest above all priests that had ever been before. He was going to rule, and Israel were going to be the top guys. That's what the belief was. And Jesus says to these guys, he says, I'm going into Jerusalem and I'm going there to die. Now listen, I want to just tell you a couple of things that I've observed with people. You You can shock people and they will only hear up to the moment they get shocked. After that, their brain's going in all sorts of directions. Excuse me, madam, but you have, I'm sorry to say, but you have terminal cancer. But there is some, and anything after that, that person hasn't heard. 
She's shocked with that information. Peter hears, I am going to die. They are going to kill me. He doesn't hear any more than that. And he says, in his Peterness, now what I mean by that is Peter has a habit of saying things outwardly. He, he just comes out with it without processing it. He's not an internal process, he's processor. He's an outward processor. And he says, no, not on my watch you're not. I paraphrase. Peter is that kind of explosive character. But why is he saying this? He's saying it, I, I believe, he's saying it partly through pride. Peter was the one assigned to look after Jesus. Maybe not by God, by himself. He thought, I'll look after this guy. I will protect him. I'll lay down my life for him. Which a few days later, a little time later, it turns out he wouldn't lay down his life for him. But he says, listen, I will protect you. I love you. I don't want you to die. You're not supposed to die. You're the Messiah. You're supposed to lead us into this amazing revolution. And Jesus says, well, hey, you know what? It used to be, no, I'm, this is not quite how it goes, my interpretation of this. You used to be Peter the Rock. Do you remember a few days back we called you Peter the Rock? You're now Peter the stumbling block. Folks, a weed is a plant in the wrong place, a flower in the wrong place. It's a weed. You look at some of the weeds, they're beautiful things, just in the wrong place. A rock which Jesus wants to build his church on can also be a stumbling block if it's not in the right place, if it's not aligned with God. Spoiler alert, Peter does worse things than this. But the good news is Jesus sorts it all out later on. But you're not going to get to that today. It takes three years. You'd think they would understand, having been with Jesus three years. But they've got to say their actions show their belief system. You can, you can be ever so, ever so polite, but stub your toe. What comes out your mouth is the real you. Oh, bless my soul, I just stubbed my toe. Drat and blast might be a, an upgrade from that. There's a lot worse you could do. But by their very actions, we have the disciples showing us the, how much conviction they got from Jesus' teaching. Because he says, I will be... I will be put to death, and in three days will rise again. This comes to pass. But where were the disciples on the third day? Were they waiting outside of the tomb? Were they waiting for Jesus? No. They were hiding in a small room, scared silly, scared witless, that they were going to be caught by the, Ger by the Germans, no, by the Romans, Oops, Freudian slip, by the Romans, <laughs> and put to similar punishment, a similar death. 
But I want to just go back to the response of Peter. Jesus says, he says this to them all. And he says this to us especially today. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. There's one key word in there. It's the word there, meaning their own, meaning your own. He's not asking you to take up his cross. He's done that. His cross, his purpose was to die on that cross for us. He's not asking you to do that. What he's asking you to do is to take up your cross every single day to do what you need to do to be a follower of Jesus. Now, folks, you can't do this. You cannot do this without the Holy Spirit in your life. You have to be, have to be. There's no two ways about this. You have to be born again. Because you can try and follow the the life of Jesus, the, the example he shows. But boy, it's a tough act. Patience is one of the things he showed. And you're going to require lots of patience, being godparents, being parents to Florence. She's going to get things wrong. She's normal. We all get things wrong. Jesus never, ever made a mistake. He never sinned. He got everything right. But we're not like that. We make mistakes. But the beauty of the cross is that we can come to our Father in heaven through Jesus and ask for forgiveness when we go wrong. We can come to him and say, Father God, I've messed up. And I am so sorry. Please forgive me. Now the thing with Jesus, the thing with with Father God, the thing with Holy Spirit He doesn't look at the outside. He looks at your spirit. He looks at your heart. And in the Bible, that's what the the, uh, people refer to as your spirit, the spirit of man, the heart situation. And he can see whether you mean it or not. And he looks at you and says, you mean that? You're forgiven. Go and sin no more. Do your best. And you know what? We go out and we try our best and we try really, really hard, super hard. And then after five minutes of trying super hard, we mess up. We're like that. We're human. And we go back to God again. And we say, Father, I'm really sorry. I need your help. I messed up. And it'll be an ongoing situation throughout your entire life, going back to God, saying, I'm sorry. But because of Jesus... This isn't, it's not the genie, it's not three wishes and you're dead, it's forever. You can go back, he's not, the, he's not the God of the second chance, he's the God of the infinite chance. You can go back again and again and again and he forgives if you really mean it, if you want to do it his way. The good news is, the very good news is, you get better at it. You get better at it. And the people around you will see that. Why is this guy nicer to be with? What's happened to him? His wife says. Why is he being so patient about this? Why can't I have those patience? Why is he being so kind and thoughtful? Why is she being so generous? All these things, these gifts that God gives us, 
the fruit that the Holy Spirit puts inside us grows naturally and it's produced. And I was wondering, I was wondering, what's it take to be a follower of Jesus? This is not... This is not someone who does what Jesus does. This is a follower. A follow means to trust, to believe, to love, and then to follow. That's what I mean by a follower. And quite simply, it's this. To stand before Jesus and sincerely mean, in other words, because you look into your heart, you can see you mean it or not, sincerely mean Lord, I need you in my life. I mess up. I want you to be my Savior. I need you to be my Savior. The words are very simple. Your own words, however you express that, that's the, that's the feeling behind it. And if you say that to him, he says to you, I will come in to your life. My Holy Spirit will fill you. And that's my phone telling me my time's up. It's okay, it's not my wife. The Holy Spirit will fill you and you will be born again. And we'll start our life from scratch. And we've got a wonderful life together. So folks, if it's, if it's you, if you want that life, then let's pray together right now. And if you've already got that life, let's pray together right now. Father God, there are so many good things that you offer us. But the offer of following Jesus, to love him, to serve him, to walk with him, to trust him, to follow him. Father, it's the it's what we want for Florence. It's what we want for her family. It's what we want for all of us. Father, give us the strength to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.